Very good television podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizzled on the Twitters. And I'm Ben T. Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. I don't normally say the T, do I? No, you don't. I was actually like, I was about to say, like, throwing in the T there, fancy pants. I don't like Remind I... me what your middle name oh, I'm not saying that. I wish you're, you're not, what your middle name is? I'm not saying it. Tiberius. Mm hmm. Okay. That's cool. the one. Like, like Kirk. Exactly like Kirk. You are basically the same person. Um planning on losing my hair any day now. Kirk has, has his hair. Wait, what? Kirk. Like Captain James T. Kirk of the USS Enterprise. Oh, right. Wait, well... What Kirk were you thinking of? I don't know. <laughs> you might have been thinking about Picard. Picard has lost his hair. No, because, like, he's Picard. Yeah. Why was I, I wouldn't expect you to confuse it to. Why was I thinking he was bald? Like he still well, has I mean, William his Shatner, hair. William Shatner did kind of famously have hair pieces for a while. Mm, uh, I don't think I even knew that. Whatever. It's 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 Friday. I'm It's a I need my lunch. <laughs> I guess that's what I'll blame, but who knows. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'll blame, I'll blame everything on the fact that we are tired. We are so very tired. And the reason why is also the reason, the, the reason we're talking today, uh, aside from the part where we are obligated to record a podcast every week, or I'm sorry, we get, we get the privilege and joy of getting to uh, record a podcast every week. Uh, but we do that in between watching a lot of television and some of that television, one could maybe argue, doesn't need to be as long as it is. I mean, some of it doesn't even need to exist. Cough, the Connors, cough, cough, cough. At least the Connors will come in at 22 minutes. That's true. We can rely We can rely on it being brief, which is kind. I actually have gotten to the point now where I'm, I'm genuinely excited to watch dramas on USA Network and uh, Sci-Fi Network, largely because they are relatively consistent about being 42 minutes long every episode. I'm like, that's... Yeah. Remember how television always used to be this way? Wasn't that nice? It, it, we compare that to there two at least two show two Netflix shows I reviewed over the last few uh last few months and both of them had finales that were over an hour long. Yeah, I got to give credit right now to Goliath season 2 um because I think of the 8 episodes they made I'm pretty sure at least four or five of them were around 40-some minutes long. And I think the longest episode was like 55 or 56 minutes. And it really helped the season. Like, it, it did. It just, it helps it. It helped it move. I mean, it's not great television, but it, it's much better entertainment for being, you know, that, that length. And they have no, like, they have no reason that they had to cut it down to that uh, that amount of time. So... Props to them. Benjamin, would you say that it kept it toit? I, I would not say that because I don't say that. But you can say it, and I will adhere to that judgment. It's a park. It's a, not Parks and Recreation. It's a Brooklyn Nine Nine reference. Is that? Is that Jake? It, it's what it, Yeah, Jake says that all the time. Toit, toit ass noops. I think I think my memory is gone. I think it's just gone. I think I've just lost all, you, all things. 
That's because we've watched too much TV. Probably. Um, but I think like we wanted to kind of discuss this in terms of two things. One is the idea of, you know, why this bloat exists and, you know, how it affects us as viewers, as viewers, not even just as professional critics and whatnot. And also talk a little bit about, like, as you just mentioned, an example like Goliath, like shows that do keep it tighter, that do, you know, don't feel the need to, you know, expand out beyond all recognition. Well, yeah, that's it's it's I'm curious, you know, beyond the critical realm, because I feel like we've reached a pretty, uh, pretty obvious consensus that is reiterated time and time again that we don't like things that are too long. Um, I, I don't know if diehard TV fans, let alone casual TV viewers, are as bothered by it. I, I mean, I, it, I feel like that's a hard thing to get a consensus on. Um, they don't seem to mind that Netflix shows are so long because they keep watching them. But uh, I think that as people who evaluate what's, you know, what's the best way to tell a story... Uh, that's that's certainly an issue, and and I believe you've run into a prime example of it in your most recent review. Luke Cage could have been five episodes shorter; it would have been fine. There was good stuff, good stuff throughout. Lots of interesting things happened. Also, a lot of people sat in rooms and talked to each other for scenes that went on twice as long as necessary. Um, I feel fairly confident in that in that evaluation, um, but yeah. Luke Cage, I mean, in general, I feel like, honestly, I think at this point, like, this would be my argument. Maybe in a first season of a new superhero show where there's, you know, you have to establish the world, you have to establish a whole new cast of characters, and you, and you also have to establish what this guy's superpowers are. Um, one of the, th- and you have to do all of that. It makes sense to maybe take a little more time. But in a second season where we know what Luke Cage can do, we know what his powers are, we know who his friends are, we knew, know who his enemies are, like, cut the fat. Uh, focus on the good stuff. Like, if you want, if you want to have five-minute long, uh, five long musical numbers inside Harlem's Paradise, maybe trim some of the other stuff so that you can make the time. Uh, I want to go back to what you were saying, though, about how, like, you don't know if viewers are affected by this. And I think they are. And I think the way they vote they vote on these things is by they stop watching like and you know if you're not if your job is not to cover one of these shows then yeah it's a really simple decision to be like i'm just going to stop watching it and you and i both experience this as viewers because you know when we don't have the obligation to finish watching a show for whatever reason we we will stop watching it you were just talking i think uh you haven't you, you know for one random example you haven't watched the affair in a while and that's because you had a number of reasons, but you know you didn't feel the need to continue. And I feel like when when you have episode, seasons that last thirteen episodes, like I, I can I can imagine that Netflix has these numbers somewhere. These are numbers that are not nice numbers, so they probably will never share them with us. But like the number, the amount of drop off that happens midway through a season, uh, I'm sure they're tracking it, and I'm sure it matters to them. But that's that's exactly my point. Like I don't see them and anybody stopping. The viewers. I don't see anybody stopping watching shows specifically because they're too long. I mean, the, the some of the most egregious examples of bloat uh, just continue to roll on as they are. I mean, again, I, I think Thirteen Reasons Why is the worst of it. I think that's the worst offender I've ever seen in my life of of bloated storytelling from season one to season two, and you know they're the same length. 
Uh, there's going to be a third season. People are obviously watching it. Netflix keeps renewing shows, like when they renew shows for those 13-episode chunks, especially their dramas. Um, you know, they'll, they'll go to the whim of the creator, but it doesn't seem to be... There's nothing to me that's signaling a deterrent in regards to things being too long. It seems like people are very happy to sit in whatever show they've decided to watch, and as long as they've already committed to watching it, they're just going to let it play out. And I know that there are obviously exceptions to this rule, um, but what bothers me is the idea that, like like you're saying, I mean, uh, one of the ones you cited in the past was Marvel's The Punisher, and that got picked up for another 13 episodes, right? Yep. So it's like, I mean... I think a lot of people came out against The Punisher. A lot of people didn't like the first season that much, Then there were exceptions again, but I feel like that was another common case of people saying, like, this is too long, make it shorter. And, yeah. you know, the, the alternative to that critique, if they don't want to make it shorter, if they want to, you know, get paid the same amount for working the same amount that they did in the first season, is to come up with storytelling methods that fill that time properly, where they're moving through story at an efficient pace and filling that time with fun stuff. Like you said with, with Luke Cage, if you want to have a bunch of those, you know, musical montages that are really fun and interesting to watch and, you know, are creative and energetic, like no one's going to complain about those being too long because you'd, you'd enjoy that. But you can't have, you know, redundant dialogue scenes that, you know, carry too much exposition. Um, like you can't just keep heaping that on top of itself to fill the 13 episodes. So I... I, I hope that viewers start making that choice or are making that choice and it's just not like there's so much tv and there's so many different ways to watch that it's hard to judge that they're doing it but uh i i guess i just don't see netflix responding or um similar outlets that have been loosening the reins on links responding like okay no we're not going to allow this anymore we like the, the viewers have demanded we cut back mm-hmm. well yeah God, the thing I'm, I, I can't stop thinking about right now is, I can't, I, what if I could travel back in time and I could find the novelist Jay Asher as he's working on his big breakout young adult novel and be like, dude, what if it was six reasons why? Like, just cut it down. Six, just six reasons. Imagine what the world would be like now, Ben. Imagine how much better we'd all be. Yeah, and, or, you know, uh, <laughs> just... You know, when you're hiring somebody to adapt it, you can tell them, you know what, hey, if, if some of these aren't working, if, so, if some of these stories are too much, or there's too many redundancies, or, you know, we're, we're looping on the same topic over and over again, the same theme, the same issue, you know, just, just combine that story, or, or, you know, cut one of them. Like, it's, it's there's so many ways to do it. I think added characters to that, story, that, that book. I think there are more characters in the show than there are in the book. Yeah, from what I've been told, um, I think so too. And then, and then there's, there's the other problem with this is, you know, obviously, and this gets to, you know, the critic audience debate as well as the internal critics debate as well as the internal audience debate, just viewers in general. You know, like, I feel like there was a lot of response to Westworld season one finale when it was 90 minutes long and people were like, this didn't need to be 90 minutes long. This is exhausting. It's too much. We get it. Move on. And I absolutely did not feel that way. I really enjoyed the Westworld finale for season one. And season two is going to be 90 minutes long as well. And a few people are already complaining, like, gosh darn it, can't believe we've got to sit through another feature film to finish Westworld. 
but it worked for me in the first season. So, like, if you've got the content, if you've got the storytelling, if you've got the characters, and, you know, they've obviously got such a large ensemble with so many people who are working, it's like, like, who are clicking with, with me, at least, or with viewers, at least, uh, whoever, at least, <laughs> apparently, um, then do it, then use the, use the time. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if everybody's going to agree on that point. It just seems like, in general, things are getting too long, and then if anything's long people are quick to jump on the bandwagon and say this could have been shorter. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, like, my only resistance to a 90-minute finale for something is I feel like there's a, you know, as much as we talk about the lines blurring between film and TV, there is still part this part of my lizard brain that is like, go fuck yourself, 90 minutes is a movie. I just have that, like, default, like, perspective on it. And, you know, I... I understand that, you know, again, I understand the blinds are blurry, everything everything is everything these days, etc. But that's just, that's what I'm coping with. Well, and, and see, I, this is going to, this would open up a whole other conversation, but, like, I, I hate the idea, like we've talked about before, I hate the idea that if it's 90 minutes and it's a standalone episode, they're not going to, like, they're going to qualify it as a movie for the Emmys cough black mirror cough like i don't want that like i i think it's very clear what a movie is and what an episode of television is and if it's an anthology episode you know they're linked together for a reason um there there's themes there's there's discussions that they want to evoke like they're released as a season on purpose as opposed to a film which is released by itself on purpose and these endings like if they have to be long it's okay if they have to be long. It's just you have to understand what's necessary in your story versus what's gratuitous. And, you know, Liz, I mean, I, I can't imagine why this even came to mind, um, but there's an episode of The Leftovers. <laughs> 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 uh, the season two finale is a buck 14. So it's it's 75 minutes long. It's not quite an hour and a half, yeah. but it's well over an hour. It's well over anything that would have been Did you look that up, or did you know it off the top of your head? I know it off the top of my head. <laughs> oh, my God. It's me, one of Mimi Leader's finest accomplishments, and she shot it in a very, I can't remember exactly right now, but a very short amount of time. She got a lot of that fucker done super quick. Um, and, and there's not a beat of that that's too long. Similarly, the series finale, I think, is it's over an hour. It's like an hour and ten or something. And that series finale is perfect. So, like, don't fuck with those. Like, they, they, like, you understand the story you have to tell, and you understand what needs to go into driving home whatever impact you're trying to evoke. And then there's the stuff where it's just gluttonous, and it's the gluttonous stuff that ruins it for everything else. And, uh, you know, not everybody can be brutally efficient with their storytelling but i would i just wish more people would be encouraged to do so i mean as you mentioned the night the westworld season two finale is 90 minutes but there's a lot going on with that show and so it could be that every minute of that finale is packed full of stuff and i think honestly that's the thing especially with a show that has so much detail to it and so much going on is i i will forgive a long runtime if you're filling it with plot and character beats that really matter and are moving fast because um, I feel like you know I remember, I remember when I saw uh, I feel like there, I mean, this happens with movies all the time where you'll see a movie and it'll be 90 minutes and it'll feel like two and a half hours and then you'll see a two and a half hour long movie and it'll feel like 90 minutes I remember actually uh, have you ever seen Downfall 
Yeah. That like, this is the, that downfall is the most extreme example of this for me. But I remember sitting down to watch that movie, and then, and it was incredible, like just incredibly gripping. And I remember being shocked at the end of it by how the how it was three hours long. Like I did not, I did not feel that. Two hours thirty six minutes. Okay, still that's a long movie. Oh no, I'm with you. I felt the same way about Zodiac, and I think that was a little bit less than two and a half, but like right up there where it's like. I could you could have told me it was 90 you could have told me it was 80 like when I got out of it and and they were like no 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 you've been here for three hours I'm like what so no and and I I think that you know all all forms of entertainment whether you're telling it in an episode or you're telling it in a film like whenever you're kind of defining the story you're telling with time parameters you need to look at what you're trying to fit in to that section and and maximize it so you know, for me, another egregiously bad example of late. Um, I know we're trying. We're, we're. I promise, guys, we're going to get to the good stuff here in a second. We're going to talk about the people who do it really well. Um, but an egregious bad example of late was the hour and a half long premiere of Yellowstone, which. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> is from Taylor Sheridan, who's only written films up to this point, and it is such a, a an obvious example of a of a of a film writer who went to TV and just thought he could, he could like just make it longer. He's just like, we'll fill the time and we'll just make it like a 10 hour movie and it'll play that way and it'll be fine. And he has act breaks. So you can tell there's episodes like structuring built in, but you can also tell that so much of it is just running forward and moving along. And there's a scene in, in Yellowstone. I don't even remember if it's the premiere but there's a scene where a, a relatively minor character is having a meeting with an even smaller character, and the objective of the scene is for this relatively small character to feel secure in what he's what he thinks he's doing, and then it's upended at the end of it. And leading that scene is him walking through this garish party that he's attending to talk to this other guy, and it's just this long tracking shot of him walking through the party, and he might, like, lean over and say hi to somebody, but you're not being introduced to those characters. You're not, like, it's not important that the party is so spectacular or uh, where it's set or anything. Like, none of that matters, but it takes up a good at least 20 to 30 seconds of the episode. And 20 to 30 seconds may not seem like a lot, but it is. It's, it's a significant portion, and if you cut that stuff out and you get to the heart of your story, if you just get to the point, it makes that point resonate so much more, and it holds the audience attention, because when you're always giving them something that matters, then they're going to be there with you throughout the entire story, instead of just drifting off, thinking, well, I'll pick it up as I go along, not all of this as, as is as essential as the rest. Yeah, I mean... I feel like, uh, for the record, I was look, I was curious because I recently saw Wind, Wind River, um, which is uh, Taylor uh, Taylor Sheridan's recent film, and it, it I remember it playing it feeling really well paced, especially given how slow and quiet it is on on a, on a fundamental level, and it comes in at one fifty one, one hour fifty one minutes, which is longer honestly than I thought. Yeah. But I also believe that he could he given the given the given the 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 new medium of television he would lean on what what he knows yeah and i don't feel like um i don't feel like his movies are overly long i feel like he's mm-hmm. he knows he's telling 
this story, and he's got about two hours, maybe, maybe a little less, um, and he, he hones it for that, because that's what he's been, that's how he's built his career. He's built his career on honing something to fit the 90 to 120 minute format, and then when he's told he's got 10 hours, he's like, well, I'm, I can get a little looser. I can kind of explore a lot of these other little areas, and it just expands and expands and expands until he's like, well, as long as it fits the time frame, that's really what matters, and that's not how you do it. So I'm, um, yeah, disappointed. It's it's Yellowstone's definitely one of those where you're like, get to it, get to it, get to it. Quit wasting time. It's and it's beautiful. You like you like looking at it, but that's not always enough. So, actually, Ben, I, I well, we will get to the good stuff very soon. But I I do feel compelled to ask, how well do you think it would translate as a Waterworld stunt spectacular style stage show at Universal Studios. I, I really, I really don't feel that any element of it would work. There's, I guess, I guess the helicopter do- is involved a lot, so you could tie a helicopter into some aspect of it, and maybe that wouldn't. Gel. Okay. With that idea, but I, I don't think so. Sure. I think it would be tough. Uh, all right, that's good to know. I mean, I I wasn't demanding that it be that. I just kind of I felt like people needed to know. Right, right. I I don't I don't think it's a worthy sequel to Waterworld, uh, but maybe Kevin will do something later that is. I mean. Oh god, I was I was like, what what, what did Kevin Costner do recently? I was like, oh, that's right, Man of Steel. That happened. Yes. Uh, okay, so things that do it well. Um, I'm going to shout out uh, the uh, speak. I already mentioned the USA shows that I feel like do this really well. Um, USA shows tend to do this really well, only because they just hold people to strict run times if they're not Mr. Robot. Um, but Colony, I find, is a show where every time it ends, I wish it was a little bit longer. I wish that there was more going, more happening on screen. And that's just because there's a lot happening with that show. They've developed it in a really interesting way this season. No one is watching this show, but except for, except for it feels like me. But I'm really, I'm really actually enjoying this season. Like, it's taken some really dark turns. Um, and I think it'll only get darker, actually, uh, down the line. But, uh, you know... The, the, the twists that they've added have been really interesting and the world of the world of this, you know, kind of post apocalyptic America continues to blossom in a way. Yeah, I'm not I'm not overly familiar with it, but it definitely seems like one that would, would benefit from expediency. And uh, to go kind of on the opposite side, I guess we're still sticking with stuff that has commercial breaks and stricter run times, but the Good Place does an exceptional job of this with their with their episodes. Uh, in part, you know, you can you can see it in everything that they do because they're very tight, um, twist-driven stuff early on, and then uh, there's just a very propulsive, suspenseful narrative that continues in season two. But early in season two, there's a decision that they make to kind of turn something into a montage that could have actually been like a season-long arc if they really wanted to extend the show. Like, if they were just like, you know what, our priority is making as many seasons of this as possible, uh, or our priority is this is successful and we want to, you know, just have some fun with it. We, If we want to just put, you know, kind of the 
the narrative crux on pause so we can just have a good time, so we can just tell more jokes and kind of make a funny, light, less uh, tense season, we can do that. And instead, they just fucking mowed through a bunch of narrative. <laughs> just just tore it up and kept the story going. And, you know, maybe that means we'll have a season less of The Good Place, but every season we get is going to be better for it. So I, I love that decision. That was very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to, I don't, I don't feel like, I feel like we beat up a lot on Netflix on this topic, uh, but I'm going to point out that I feel like, I feel like Queer Eye is pretty well paced. I think they're bringing the same cable rhythms to Netflix and they're not as beholden to runtimes as they would be on a cable network. But uh, they also do something pretty smart, which is they create the illusion of act breaks uh, through just kind of like title cards. Then they, you know, that break down individual days that, that the guys are working on this one particular host. Um, and so it, it, I feel like I feel like that it plays really well on a pacing level. Yeah, and, the, um, and there's there's. But it is it is the rare ex- example from Netflix. I mean if we're going to continue to be mean about it. Well, there, the thing is, there are good examples from Netflix, uh, even some that run longer. Like, episodes of Dear White People can run over 30 minutes, but they do a good job of keeping things contained to the singular story and, and keeping things moving pretty quickly. Um, and honestly, like, if, if you, it's not always about just it being short. You know, I mean, I agree with Liz. I get really excited when I'm watching a screener because if it's only 40-some minutes because I feel like that just means less work for me to do, and I'm excited to see how they fit it in and etc. But um, the first season of Ozark actually clocks in at like 55 to 58 minutes for just about every episode, and that thing is moving. Like that's that's one where they just keep pushing you forward and deeper and darker, and it feels unrelenting. But it's part of the reason you're so gripped by it. Um, it just really, really works, and that also has a finale that I think is, it's long, it's, it might be 80 minutes, or 85 minutes even, um, and you could definitely cut some of it out, but the pacing that they've established throughout the season doesn't, it, you don't feel it, like, you don't feel it dragging, and there might be a way to make certain things tighter, but it would almost it might almost feel like you're rushing through things so uh, th- there's there's definitely ways where you can make the long ones like we said work um, it's not just about it being short it's about it being you know the right length and I think Ozark's a good example of getting that done cool well any other any other shows we want to shout out for for kind of hitting this issue well I'm sure there's you already many. mentioned the leftovers you don't need to do it again I mean I'm sure there's I'm sure there's quite a few. Um, I mean, most of the shows that we love do this well. Uh, most notably, you know, the Americans' final season is incredibly fast, and those episodes run long for FX. Like, I don't think many of them are over 60 minutes. I don't know if any of them are, honestly, but, um with the commercial breaks and stuff, plenty of them ran past 11 p.m., and all of those are tight as a drum. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's plenty more out there, but in terms of, like, the discussion we're circulating around now, I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Westworld finale plays in Season 2. Yellowstone certainly needs some work, 
and uh, apparently Luke Cage should be shorter. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, though I don't know, here's the question, here's the thing I, I, I think I have to, you know, I'll, down the line I'll try to work this out properly, but is the question, does Luke Cage need to be fewer episodes, or does it need to be, those episodes just need to be shorter? Um, and I think that's the question you can apply to a lot of the shows we're talking about here. Like, if you just condense the plot down, like, cut storylines, just take out things whole heart, heart, you know, whole cloth, like, you know, how does that affect the show? Would it, would it, would the overall texture of the series be lost? That sort of thing. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a much more, you know, as alluded to with the idea of it not just being about the length, like, the, the raw length of it, but the story you're choosing to tell. You know, we're not ones to tell anybody, like, what's important to their story. We're just trying to make their stories better. So, like, if they feel like they need an episode devoted to this character, and, you know, in the end it feels extraneous to us, um, there might have been a way to save that another way. Like, there might not be right just to say to cut that episode and scrap it entirely. It just might need to be adjusted. So um, it's a good point you make, Liz, in terms of, like, (laughs) do there need to be eight episodes of it, or do those 13 just need to be like five to ten shorter a piece. I mean, just imagine that if the Defenders had been 13 episodes long. God, I would have died. I mean, I didn't make it anywhere close. I wouldn't have made it anywhere close. That. How, how far did you get to get through Defenders? Like an episode and a half, I think. It was rough. <laughs> Which, by the way, has been submitted as a limited series at this year's Emmys. So, good luck, Defenders. Oh, God bless it. I don't mean um, that. I don't want any luck to be given to you. Aw. But JJ. Yeah, she's got her own show. <laughs> yep, she does. Um, speaking of television shows, Ben, what a segue. What a perfect segue for a perfect day for a perfect podcast. Uh, what's the best thing you watched last week? Um, the best thing I watched last week... It's not, it's not, I mean, it's probably Detroiters. <laughs> like, that was probably the best thing. Uh, but I, I mean, based on the reviews you wrote this week, that seems like a fair guess. Yeah, I love Detroiters. It's great. And I, I encourage everybody to watch it. It's Sam Richardson and Tim, or Sam, uh, yeah, Sam Richardson and Tim Robinson's uh, Comedy Central series. And I love it to death. But in terms of, of something I want to focus on this week, I have already watched the first seven episodes of Glow, and I love it. Uh, there's been a lot of... Are you able to say that you love it? Oh, yeah. There's been a lot. Their reviews are out already. Um, there's been okay. some pretty extreme praise. Uh, one critic said it was literally the best thing that Netflix has ever done. Um, I don't think I'm going to go there, but it's it's certainly among the best. It's, it's terrific, and I'm looking forward to finishing it. But, uh, yeah, Glow is out on Friday. Guys, watch Glow. I'm so... I've, I've seen... I think half the season just kind of casually because I wanted to watch it. I wanted to watch something good. And you know what? It's great. Yeah. They're, they're not uh, slowing down or disappointing in season two. But uh, Liz, what was the best thing you watched last week? Um, I, I actually, like, I, I really stumbled. I couldn't really remember anything. I think, uh, I think I'll say, what I'll say is this. I watched, uh, I, I, the other day, I was I needed to watch something else for reviewing purposes, and instead I was just like, no, I just want to watch Preacher. I just want to sit down. I want to catch up with season two. I want to get into season three. Um, it premieres 
as you listen to this on Sunday, uh, our, our, our lovely colleague Steve is re reviewing, uh, and I really like. I really, I, I I like what they're doing with that show. I think there's um, a lot more drawing out of narrative than necessary. I feel like there's, like I, if they at all stick close to the comics when it comes to this one storyline that the season three is kind of focusing on, um, I, I I sense much drag. But who knows? They could pick up the pace. Anyways, Preacher is a show I want to watch. Also, Preacher is a show I want to watch and have it enjoying, and I don't have to write about it, and still I've been wanting to write about it, or still want to be uh, checking it out. Yep. That's, that's one that definitely has a few uh, people in it that are worth watching uh, pretty much no matter what else is going on with the show. So. By the way, did you know that uh, Ruth Nega and, oh shoot, what's his name? The main guy. I'm blanking now. I should not be blanking Dominic now. Dominic Cooper? Thank you. I, was, I knew it was like, it was like a Dominic, but I, don't, I, knew, I didn't know, what, couldn't remember his last name. Uh, but yes, did you know they were like in a relationship for 10 years or something? Uh, I feel like I knew they were in a and relationship, they, but I don't, I don't know. They apparently just recently broke up. I don't know. But this is unnecessary gossip, but I was blown away when I found out they had been in a relationship for a really long time, even before the show happened. Yeah. That's love. Um, so Ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Um, again, like if I'm being honest in terms of TV, it's it's sharp objects, but I've already talked about that quite a bit and it's a ways off. Um, so <laughs> to tie this back to Taylor Sheridan, I'm in a conflict, Liz. There's been- A conflict? There's been things that pulled me in one way and then threw me back in the other. So Sicario, Day of the Soldado, the sequel to Sicario, I thought it looked bad. <laughs> like the first previews, I was like, oh no, they've turned this into a mindless action film. Then the earlier views were pretty good. I was like, oh my gosh, I should be excited for this. And then David Ehrlich's review came in and I was like, oh, David didn't really care for this. This is not a good sign. Now I don't know what to think. And then on the flip side, being released on the same day, is the Kyrie Irving starring <laughs> Uncle Drew, which looked oh my God. so bad. I mean, just it just looked horrible. I mean, it's based off an ad or a YouTube sketch or something ridiculous. And I was like... I believe it is a soft drink commercial. I'm just... I'm writing this off. Like, I don't need a Pepsi movie about my Celtics point guard dressed up like an old man. And then again, Erlex Review comes in and he's like, this thing's fun as hell. <laughs> I just I don't know what to do with my weekend on June 29th uh, Elizabeth this coming Friday do I go see Sicario do I go see Uncle Drew do I just get an early start on Sharp Objects do I just avoid the cinema entirely I'm at a loss but in terms of what's coming next in my viewing future I feel like it's one of those things that is that is bleak it's interesting it's strange I did not expect this predicament whatsoever. So, anyway. But then you could be watching Deadpool 2 or Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, Colin Fallen Kingdom. Nope, 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 no need. No need whatsoever for anybody to watch either. Um, Liz, what are you looking forward to next? Oh, I'm looking forward to something super fun, like just a laugh riot. Uh, Handmaid's Tale released two new episodes for screening this weekend. Hooray! That's 
it's that game. I'm, I'm very excited. I got really excited. And then also I was like, ah, I have no time this weekend or there's not a really good opportunity, but I'll get to him. And I'm really excited. Um, and also terrified because who knows what's going to happen after that last episode. Um, but also I'm going to call out, um, Ben and I already talked about this a little bit off uh, before we started recording, but, um, I started wa- watching a very English scandal last night and loved it. And I mean, I fell asleep watching it, which happens with, with me a lot, but, uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it seems really delightful so far. I'm really excited to see where it goes. Um, and I'm not just saying that because it's written by one of my all time favorite TV writers, Russell T Davies. Um, but that is an, a factor because he is delightful. And so are Hugh Grant and Ben Wishaw. And it's directed by Stephen Frears. We like Stephen Frears. Sure. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to next. I think it sounds lovely. I will look forward to it as well. I hope there are going to be lots of men having sex, Benjamin. I mean, I just hope Hugh Grant's having a good time. He is. Good. Good for him. <laughs> and you'll be able to read all about that and more on IndieWire.com, where you'll find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like. And if you like our podcast, make sure you listen to the other IndieWire podcasts, including Turn It On with Michael Schneider, Screen Talk with Ann Thompson, Eric Cohn, and the great, the perfect, the wonderful, the currently reporting on just exquisite television, including Halt and Catch Fire and Barry, the one, the only, Chris O'Fault, uh, his t- filmmaker toolkit podcast. Chris has been turning out some real, both actually Mike and Chris, like kind of in the this Emmys rush, have turned out some really interesting subjects this week. Like uh, Mike talked to Leslie Jones, uh, which sounds incredible. Uh, and then you've got, uh, yeah, and then uh, Chris, is, Chris has sat down with a lot of cool people, including actually, I've been really, it's been really nice to see this doing well in terms of traffic. Uh, he sat down with the creators of Halt and Catch Fire and to, kind of told their story, uh, which, and, and their story is really interesting. So I'm glad that all came together. Yep. He's great. Cool. Um, you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. And you can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and an E. Correct. We will be back next week. Thank you guys, as always, so much for listening. And as always, keep watching television.